Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash haveadrink. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your device. Also, by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. In the history of the world, rebellions are a fairly frequent occurrence. When people feel oppressed and feel like they are denied certain things, they tend to rise up with weapons, not just to stand on their feet, otherwise it'd just be a protest, which are still important, but admittedly, they're typically less exciting uh, in recorded history. So relax as we tell you a pair of tales and you can have a drink. Have a drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. Hey, we did, took out the thing, so I don't feel compelled to read more. <laughs> so you may notice, again, we're down a host, but it's a different host this time. Someone's on a boat. Yeah, it, yes, uh, Casey is on a boat for mm-hmm. the next couple of weeks. Oh yeah, please. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll we'll be out of Casey um, next Saturday as well, but that's fine. We're uh, trudging along. It's fine. We, it's fine. We planned a show specifically to not have him on it. We'll talk not this about one, that. but the next one. Yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that that's in a minute. our announcements, yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I, I've noticed uh, Justin has been popping up in a lot of places recently. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. So how did uh, he was on the B team movie draft? Uh, I am not sure. Still looking for a better name than B team. Yeah, I'm not sure where that's available. So uh, hmm. where is that available, uh, and how did we do? Um, it should be in W Scottus One on Twitch, I believe, uh, streamed it. So you can see the actual video go down there. Should probably be available for another few days i hope um i haven't actually checked ahead of time uh that said we we did okay um it was an interesting draft i've never actually been the player in a movie draft we've had them before amongst uh, actually the co-hosts and a couple other friends but uh it's it was weird not being commissioner (laughs) A weight yeah. was lifted off of my shoulders. You've always been working <laughs> a couple of different leagues. Ugh. Yeah, because I'm a crazy person. The last one broke me, uh, so we haven't done it in a few years. Yeah, it's been a while since we did one, and I gotta say, I was getting tired of always winning. Oh, what a problem! <laughs> <laughs> Not that uh, someone knows we... how to play these things, but I am sad I couldn't show up to rep, have a drink, 
for the Diamond Club one. I but wasn't I'm... sure I was going to make it, but I happened to get there just in time. Uh, me and Casey tried to co- cobble together a strategy pretty quickly with math. Uh, with math and gut feelings. So, so tell <laughs> that's, us, that's about uh, right, yeah. what did you and Casey do? What was Casey's strategy, and how were you able to execute this strategy? Casey uh, basically took the projected totals or totals from previous movies and used that as a guide point to figure out how much this movie should make and to give us an idea of how much, what is our stopping point for bids. Um, I think we did okay. Uh, we we didn't buy a movie until we ended up on a, Avengers Infinity War, which we picked up for 65 or like 60. Seven, somewhere in that range. That's not bad. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let, let, let's stop it right there. We got Infinity War for under the entire amount. Yes. Steel. Um, Steel. Steel. <laughs> you, did good. you both did good. You did fantastic. We for won. the value. We right there. We were for the value. Yeah, no, we were actually pretty comfortable with that because once we got everyone else to stop, we went, yeah, that's actually not a bad buy. No. Uh, God. We, we were willing left. to go up. We were willing to go higher. But it ended up being uh, – that was not the buy of the movie, I don't believe, of the draft. One team uh, got Incredibles 2 hmm. and uh, – what's the other big movie this summer? Uh, I think Jurassic World. I think they oh. got both of those okay. for like 20 bucks a piece. Jurassic Incredibles World. 2 is a good one. I mean that's – That's clutch. That may that may hurt us. How much – what yeah, did they go we, for? Uh, huh? What did Incredibles 2 go for? No, I'm saying it was like 20, 25 bucks. Oh, what? That's insane. That is. We were out of money by then. Right, right. Oh, my. That, no, that was. Uh, that no. was the buy of the. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> so we looked at it. We went, and me, after it ended, me and Casey looked at each other and went, well, we got a strong second place showing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> for, for those who don't know what we're talking about, um,. Diamond Club on uh, well, it's between two different other podcasts. So they do it on uh, Night Attack, and they also do it on Cord Killers. Um, the trade off depending on the season. Yeah. Who hosts. So they do a winter and a summer, and it's you basically use imaginary a hundred dollars and bid on uh, movies like an auction, at, but you're you're betting on how much they're going to make um, domestically. So in the U.S., like what they're what they're going to actually make through the course of I guess the season of the draft. So it, basically, summer and winter is what you're looking uh, at. Just domestic, not yeah, not yeah, just just global. domestic. Um, but I mean, even for some, I mean, like if you had Black Panther for the winter one, like Ooh, you're fine, well. you know. <laughs> but so, it comes um, yeah, the total amounts from all of them, whoever gets the most from their slate of movies combined thing ends up winning. Yeah. Uh, so you want to try to use a, a good judicious amount of money. Um, you don't want money left on the table. You want to get good buys. Uh, whoever got Incredibles two for like twenty five bucks—that's that's sick. That is the craziest buy I've heard in the history of draft. We got—I'm uh, trying to remember our entire slate of movies. Sixty five for Infinity War is effing insane. I am uh, elated. You all got it for that price. I thought it was going to be got, a. Yeah, we got Infinity War. We got Super Troopers two for oh, around like. Right. Oh. Well over thirteen, we probably overpaid for that one, but we went. That's on brand for us. We're good. No, with no, that. we we needed that <laughs> because branding for branding. Super Troopers too, uh, because Farva's Farva's number one. 
Uh, by the way, that needs to be like our top uh, bits thing is Farva like shaking up the champagne going, Farva's number one! <laughs> uh, and then um, uh, crazy something Asians? Oh, the, uh, oh uh, rich Asians or something? Crazy rich Asians? Uh, I can't uh, Is that not a porno? I don't... <laughs> No. Sounds like it should be. I thought we got a porno. I was really excited about that. I was like, we want it right there. According to Casey, it's supposed to be a sleeper hit along the si- along the ways of like bridesmaids. Is what he the research he uh-huh. did said that. So I don't know. It, I'm pretty sure that's a porno. I'm and gonna say I'm happy that you got you didn't get solo. Um, did not get so someone got solo. That was the other one. They got solo and the Incredibles for like like. Under thirty dollars. I just don't think Solo's looking that Solo's great. Not, I will not see Solo opening weekend. I'm sorry. I will wait and see what the what feedback is, and I may see a second week. Did they do? Oh. Um, Won't you be my neighbor in the draft? The Mister Rogers I don't thing. It. Okay. I don't recall it at all. Oh, so I probably think that's, not. That's a streaming. That's a streaming one. So it? it wouldn't have been in the draft. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that. and okay. we also got. Do we want to talk about that uh, and how it, that would? That's just like a no. We're playing to your emotions from being a child, and we're going to make you cry. She's like, it's, it's never... just Mister Rogers. It's a documentary about Mister Rogers in depth and everything that was Fred Rogers. He's like, oh god, my childhood. Who got Deadpool two? Says for Viking. Oh. Um, I can't remember. I think that was uh, team. Uh, Drunks walking. I think that was Jackie Hernan Fitz, mm. but I'm mm. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. The um, Ant Man and the Wasp. I totally. I'm looking up like oh, movies coming yeah. soon, and I was like, ah, oh, okay. yeah. They got they got Ant Man and the Wasp right off the bat, and we went, that's probably going to be pretty good. Uh, but yeah, we we had it was it was interesting. Um, I'm trying, there was like another movie we got, and I cannot think of the name of it. We we got the other the, the movies outside of Infinity War. We got we got for fairly cheap, so I felt kind of okay with our purchases we only left like a couple dollars still on the table okay so uh you got infinity war big boom that's gonna be the biggest movie of the summer there's no way it's not unless there's some kind of scandal around the star we need every movie we have to we need all the other movies to overperform and we need infinity war to do avengers one money Hmm. i feel like it'll do higher but uh, Infinity War, and then uh, you you follow us up with two comedies. One's a cult comedy uh, with a, an acting troupe that has a strong cult following. So we'll pull in guaranteed money there. Like pretty much, you can look back at whatever uh, Super Troopers and Beer Fest did. Kind of cut the middle on those two, and that's guaranteed what we're going to get on that. Probably a little more. And then whatever the Crazy Rich Asians is, that's a porno. So uh, whatever, <laughs> Pornhub. I'm not seeing this anywhere. Like, I'm whatever, trying to look at movies coming soon, and I cannot find whatever, what that is. Movies. I'm not, I'm not finishing that. But whatever uh, Pornhub enough. says that movie's going to give us, that's what we're going to get. <laughs> Where? When does the, su- the summer draft uh, end? When the fall draft I ends. Honest, is it? No, uh, I honestly can't remember. I, it's, um, usually... it's four weeks. It's, it's like four weeks after the last movie comes out. So okay. when I remember how to pull up where the, oh, the right, sheet is yeah. i think casey's got a copy of it somewhere but he's on a boat so we can't ask him mm. and i wanted us to uh, have the sounder whenever we reference casey we just play i'm on a boat <laughs> we 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 are talking in talks to see if we can get some kind of like sound update like they do on uh some of the other shows about how we're doing we so can't get oh. roberto that, viega to that, do ours 
Uh, no, I don't think we. Can, I don't think we got the money to get uh, to no. get Viega, but we might be able to get somebody for it. We've got the so beer we'll... to get him. I mean, can, can I ship him beer? We'll get there. <laughs> we'll, we'll get it that way. So, um, in other news, what else have you been up to, Justin? I, I feel like you uh, you may have talked about these things and more on another show recently. Yeah, uh, I got I got uh, invited to pump up on uh, Ritual Misery this week, which was uh, which was a lot of fun. Uh, hang out with our friends uh, Kent and Amos. Uh, to uh, lifelong friends talking about uh, about geeky stuff. <laughs> I feel like they decided uh, they couldn't have all four of us on at once, or we take over the show. <laughs> I yeah, I I want to say I apologized for that, but I may have forgotten because I was nervous. Um, uh, no, it, it it was weird being it was weird podcasting without you guys. Because uh, <laughs> you know I'm so what, used to that. You know the jokes that play off of us. You know what I'll laugh and comment at, right? Uh, but it was it was a blast hanging out with Kent and Amos. Uh, they played a game uh, on Ritual Misery. You should definitely go check it out. Uh, check out the episode. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but they did. The, Kent uh, made up a game of uh, uh, which beer is this, and it was. Uh, they took my check-ins from Untapped, which are not very specific to the beer. And uh, tried to get me to uh, to try to get me to guess what they might have been. Uh, I got four out of ten. Wow! Uh, do you have any idea what some of the the uh, check-ins were? Almost sexually satisfied grown. <laughs> Texas speech is oddly specific. <laughs> wow! What beer was uh, that? Uh, the 2017 Dark Charge S'mores. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. Mm. Okay. Uh, and then. Uh, he gave me the rating and he gave me the name. Uh, gave me the the description. And I had to guess the name. He would he would give me some hints like what brewery it came from, which was helpful. Uh, but uh, not helpful. One, when he goes, it's from Braxton. You're like, Jesus. Let's see if you can, guys can guess guess one another one of mine. Uh, not worth the trouble it caused, but solid. I gave it a three point two five, and it's from Flying Dog. Uh, 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 what's um uh, ah? It's a. Uh, uh, Raging, Raging bitch. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, and then uh, here's one that I wish I could have remembered. Pretty good. I'm impressed by my homish town. From uh, as Kent said, two three brewing, uh, twenty three brewing company. Okay, I-, I watched the episode and I remembered. I was initially thinking uh, this was the milk stout, but then no, it was an IPA of some sort. I- I- I'd never heard of it, but mm. the IPA. I know they're mosaic mosaic pale ale. I had it. Where they make it, so yeah, oh yeah, where, where uh, yeah, no, it was it was really off. fun to do that. I was, I, I found it hilarious. Cause I'm like, man, I don't remember what I write after. I don't remember what I podcast after we release it. I don't remember what I what I write when I send something out. Like, once it's out of me, I don't know what that is. That mm-hmm. led me. So I watched, which the is episode. what she said. Um, <laughs> I watched the episode last night, and I was like, you know, if something similar were done to me, I went back through all my check ins. I was like. Most of mine are blank, and I just give a number rating and move on. Because a lot of my drinking is done in line waiting to buy beer. I do a lot of line chairs. That's when I check into a lot of stuff, because I have a lot of crazy, off-the-wall stuff then. So it's just, like, check in and move on with my day, because I'm drinking, you know, six ounces of something, and I'm going to move on to something in less than five minutes. And then I'm like, you know, I need to start giving more descriptive check-ins. 
just because uh, I'm not imparting any knowledge as to what I'm drinking, just a name and a number, and I've got to change that. Hmm. I just happened to look down at the chat and saw uh, Hot Beverages say, Justin quits and joins RMP. Traitor. <laughs> no, no, you are. It, we, we've dealt with this. You're going to be their third host. and God, we'll, they, we'll be... they wouldn't have me. Uh <laughs> But no, I, I, I honestly, I really enjoyed being on the show. Those guys are a blast. Um, you should go check out their stuff. Uh, I, I use their stuff as a um, uh, exercise podcast stuff. Like I'm going on a walk, listen to some Ritual Misery. Yeah, it's usually when I'm hopping on the treadmill, I'll queue up some uh, either Harmontown or Ritual Misery. That that I don't know if you listen to either of those shows, you're like, how do you get? How do you work out to that? And did I just? It's I don't understand it, it really. Self deprecation. <laughs> not Self deprecation fuels me. Apparently, like I've got to hear people <laughs> downing themselves completely through and through. No self confidence, and I, apparently that just gets me going. Just I just need to make you a mixtape. Uh... <laughs> Speaking of self deprecation, um, we have some announcements. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, our no. next episode is going to be on Bell's Brewery, and we're going to record that Woo. next Saturday live on Twitch, uh, April 14th, 9 p.m. Eastern. While, while the cat's while away. While Casey's not here. While the cat's away, the mice will play. And I think that analogy works on so many different levels. Considering- cats are away, the mice will play at Bell's Brewery. Um, also, uh, so to all of our $5 per month patrons, we wanted to remind you guys again, our first quarterly hangout, is going to be Saturday, April 21st. That's 6 p.m. Eastern. So basically just before we do the news show stuff, as per usual. Um, and we're, we've got uh, many a thing to talk about. <laughs> Some planning will be happening. Yes. Um, we'd also like That's... to remind everyone... Oh, sorry? Never mind. I'm just thinking, like, what else is going on that weekend? I feel like this is a busy time. Well, a- we'll get... April's becoming well, busier and busier, yeah. yes. Um so uh, we'd like to remind everyone that our news show is up and on its own feed. Uh, you can catch it live every Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Twitch, but also look for Have a Drink News in your podcatcher of choice. Catch up on whatever the hell's going on at Green Flash, because every week it's something different. Either they're closing all their locations and going into bankruptcy, or someone new has taken over everything. Or aliens have come in and introduced some kind of new beer that we've never heard of. Also, who has glass in their beer this week? This um, and more at Have a Drink News. A drink. I'm just waiting on, like, this week on Glass Watch. <laughs> That's where we're at. It's not Constellation Brands now. Oh, it's everywhere. Just glass, as far as I can see. Internal jokes, sorry, guys. Uh, uh, also, um, we're going to keep going on about this, so... Sorry for the repetitiveness if you've heard it on every single episode before this, but uh, it's kind of an important cause. Uh, we are joining the Diamond Club's team in the year-round Extra Life campaign uh, to support Children's Miracle Network. So uh, you can donate to our page, which helps us help the whole team reach the $10,000 goal. Go to bit.ly slash H-A-D Extra Life. That's all lowercase bit.ly slash had extra life. And then uh, that does it for the announcements today. Oh, I believe we have some news. Yes. Doing? Okay. uh, (laughs) Budweiser is teaming up with Jim Beam to make a bourbon barrel beer. And I'm not talking about Bourbon County brand stout. Hmm. (laughs) 
Yeah, I was gonna say they have one. They bought a they bought a couple of companies, so they could have that. Sting and a jab. Oh, uh, a shot of bourbon and a beer have been uh, a whistle wedding combination for more than a century now. It's called a boilermaker. Uh, now, two esteemed names, Budweiser and Jim Beam, are teaming up on a special new limited edition beer. Budweiser Reserve Copper Lager aged on Jim Beam bourbon barrel staves. Keep in mind what the name says. I see chat. But uh that no, is No, no, no. I'm just I'm just laughing at the fact like, oh, it's it's the opposite of you got my chocolate and my peanut butter. You got my you got my urine and my dog feces. <laughs> So, uh, what I said, I did not say Budweiser aged in Jim Beam bourbon barrels. I said, and what is to be noted here, Budweiser Reserve Copper Lager aged on Jim Beam bourbon barrel staves. This is not a bourbon barrel aged beer. So weird. Scheduled for release in September, the beer will be available in bottles and on draft. Aging of the beer on wood staves from Jim Beam bourbon barrels promises a toasted oak aroma and deliciously nutty taste with caramel rye and vanilla notes. Uh, That is from the company. Budweiser and Jim Beam may be able to tap into the trend of barrel-aged beers, although this is not one. it's not in a barrel. That has expanded (laughs) along with America's growing taste for craft beers brewed by smaller independent brewers. The collaboration makes sense due to the changing landscape in the uh, the brewing industry. The metric rise in... Yeah, uh, craft beers has caused major breweries to either create their own craft varieties or acquire small breweries already in the market, mainly what ABM Bev's stance has been to this point. Um, in the $111 billion plus U.S. beer market, sales of major brand beers have generally been flat, but craft beer sales have continued to rise. Uh, see our last news episode when we talked about uh, Constellation Brands posting a massive uh, profit of over $4 billion. Woo! Put your pinky to your mouth when you say that, son. <laughs> yeah, that's a major, major number. So uh, that's about uh, a rise of 8% in 2017 alone. Uh, according to the Brewers Association, smaller independent brewers now own about 23% of the total retail market, the trade group says. Uh, that is huge. Well, I mean, two years ago, we were talking about uh, craft made up like less than 10%, and now we're over 23%. Like, this is, they're taking a huge chunk, which is which has led ABMBev to, you know, start gobbling up everything they can, leading to them buying uh, Wicked Weed. As a revenue of growth strategy, bigger brewers uh, such as Anheuser-Busch, InBev, and Miller Coors have snapped up smaller breweries. Most recently, as I just mentioned, AB InBev acquired Asheville, North Carolina's Wicked Weed Brewing, expanding its high-end business uh, unit to more than a dozen brands, also including Devil's Backbone Brewing Company and Goose Island Beer Company. So the Devil's Backbone thing, um, it's kind of <laughs> this could have been its own news story, I feel. <laughs> but uh, I can't remember who it was. Someone ran a best beer of every state, 
And the only notable brewery in West Virginia was Devil's Backbone. But because of the acquisition, uh, I can't remember who ran the story and did crunch the numbers, they ended up giving a not applicable for West Virginia, saying that Virginia, no, uh, West Virginia, no, Devil's Backbone's in Devil's Virginia. Backbone's in Virginia. Virginia was that way. Okay, they yeah. just said Devil's Backbone would have been had they not sold out to AB InBev. Seeing as such, they gave like a runner-up to something else. Uh, Kentucky's Kentucky's is sad. <laughs> Kentucky's uh, Justin will like. It went to the best beer from the state of Kentucky. I do not agree with. They gave it to West Six Standard IPA, and I have wow. to say no. And it's just sad in that there's actually a lot of good beer in Kentucky. To, is... So to pick like just their their West Coast IPA or whatever is, is like a little weird. That's not just like the Braxton fanboy coming out. I was like, no, you could like even in it... Lexington, there's a lot better. Oh beer. yeah, Blue Stallion. There's better. There's better beer at West Six. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like or... The same brewery does a lot better stuff. Hell, I... the stuff from Ethereal. Like I, I, I just feel like that's just a random anything, one to pick. Anything from Country Boy. I mean, oh yeah. Flat God. out, they could have just said Country Boy and would. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anheuser Busch InBev uh, has about 38% of the U.S. beer market. IBIS uh, World estimates, uh, while uh, Beam Suntory, which also uh, Maker's Mark and Knob Creek, owns about 9% share of the U.S. spirits. Hmm. Uh, that was from the U.S. research firm. Uh, distillers have been less affected by this artisanal and craft trend. However, IBIS uh, World's. Stivaros? I don't know how to say that one. Stivaros. Stivaros. Uh, I'm just lending creed to Amos saying I'm drunk and can't read. <laughs> uh, the collaboration of these two behemoth producers will benefit both from their strong brand recognition and loyalty and their manufacturing capabilities to produce large quantities at lower cost per unit. I think that last statement is the strongest one of the whole thing. I, I want to say though when I was like, "Oh, distillers have not been affected by this." Well, it takes like, you takes know, a minute, yeah, minimum five years to make anything for you guys. So, so yeah, so when, uh, so when Furry Viking was over earlier, we had a nice conversation about such, seeing as um, production is shifting uh, because Scotch used to be a huge thing back in the '90s, and bourbon was less so. Now, well, bourbon had shifted to this major thing and production is stepping up although now it's starting to swing back towards scotch and we're talking about you can see this in availabilities and it's going to swing back towards scotch just as bourbon production is stepping up so the market will be absolutely inundated with bourbon when everyone has shifted back to scotch and you will be able to find all your top brand bourbons on the shelf not at lower prices but you will be you will be able to find it on the shelf Hmm. I don't know, just a statement. But uh, This whole thing's weird. <laughs> the next statement in this article, uh, the new barrel-aged, it is not barrel-aged, Budweiser Reserve Copper Lager, released to mark the 85th anniversary of the repeal of Prohibition. Uh, so we are actually kind of celebrating that today because it is, it yeah. is National Beer Day, everyone. Yeah. As of recording. As of yeah, recording, yeah. Uh, uh, hoist one up and take a drink and earn your badge on Untapped. Oh crap! <laughs> so yeah, there's there's always that, and um, this is not the day prohibition was repealed, 
but it was the official legal day you could drink again hmm. without being prosecuted. <laughs> Important. <laughs> well, okay. I, mean, a root beer, I drink root beer. Root beer counts. You can get uh, many a good root beer from craft breweries. Uh, Abita. Abita. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that Abita's root, beer, so root beer. Amazing. People people do not think about that a lot, but they are a lot of craft breweries are making craft sodas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we're they're going to be releasing this for to mark the 85th anniversary for the reveal repeal of prohibition. Uh, one example of a larger marketing collaboration between Bud and Jim Beam. The company says, "I'm going to say, I hope that's the end of their collaborations because mm. I do not think little of Beam, considering the Beam family also makes Heaven Hill." Oh, yeah. They do not own it. It is a Beam family member that is head distiller over at Heaven Hill. And they make pretty much anything that's bourbon. Yeah. Look, all I'm saying is, the last time I had Jim Beam, it tasted like peanuts. <laughs> last time I had Jim Beam, I was living in the mountains of Northern California. I want to say Northern California. San Francisco is not Northern California. It has to be north of Redding before it's Northern California. And we were living so far back in there that when anyone tried to mail me anything, it was basically Pony Express to get it up there. And the only right. the only bourbon I could get was Jim Beam. At the local tavern, which was the only place to drink, I polished off the only bottle of Knob Creek for three counties in the first weekend. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had Jim Beam. Count yourself lucky. Which I'm, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. If the shelf behind <laughs> me is any indication, you will never have to have. Yeah, <laughs> not a problem. You won't have to live that life. We live a privileged life. Speaking of which... White people drunk. Untapped. Get riggedy, riggedy, Rexa! I don't know how that's a speaking Is that, which, is that but... just the alternate title of this? White people drunk. People drunk? It was almost the di- title more... for, uh, for that Ritual <clears throat> Misery episode. We, um... need, we need to have uh, more diversity on the show is what that means. <laughs> yeah, probably does. Curtis, get on here. The... God, he's at PAX right now, and I'm so jelly. Super uh, jelly. Also jelly of people who, uh, with this uh, Treasure Hunters Unite badge. Mm. The dankiest. The dankest. Dankiest? The Sorry, dankiest of the dank. You can go either way. The dankest, hoppiest beers from Lagunitas, Waldo Special Ale. The stickiest brewed... of the ickiest. Sticky icky. Uh, Waldo's special ale is a beer brewed for true treasure hunters, dedicated in the spirit of those always seeking and never giving up until they find what they're looking for. Uh, this ale is highly limited, uh, a highly limited release that can be found in, on tap and in six packs. It won't be around forever, so be sure to pick it up fast. Uh, celebrate this yearly release. Bring out the treasure hunter in you. Lagunitas is back with several badges to unlock the month of April. Some of them go quick and easy, and those will take a little bit of work. No matter how your treasure hunt goes, Waldo's special ale makes it worth the journey. Uh, you can begin by checking in, uh, uh, begin your hunt uh, with Waldo's special ale badge. Check into a Waldo's special ale at any venue. You must add the venue to your check-in to unlock level one. Uh, you must also uh, must continue to seek out Waldo's to unlock additional levels. Waldo's special ale is dedicated to Waldo's, a group of guys that met every afternoon at 4.20 <coughs> and uh, set out in search of a secret garden near Point Reyes. And what fun is a treasure hunt without friends? 
Uh, April also, uh, also happens to contain Longuinita's uh, favorite day of the year. Can you guess what that is? <laughs> Maybe there's another badge that day. I'm just saying not one part of this has a guy in a red striped cert- shirt. <laughs> not no. the same Waldo. No, nothing to do with that kind of Waldo. Yeah, this That'd be more fun, though. Last year, they made it complicated to get this badge. This year, they've made it even more complicated. They just keep throwing these hoops to jump through, and Waldo's is hard enough to find as it is. Like, I have to use uh, hookups, a.k.a. Furry Viking, to get a hold of it in the first place. So, so. It, it flies off shelves. It's hardly... it's The day it hits a shelf, it's gone. It's hard to find. It's like the dankiest of dank beers. That's why the, all, the, I, all the pot jokes. I was never that much of, like... I don't know. I, I've had better as far even if you're like really into the dank beers. I don't think it's like on the top of the list either. But now they're saying you have to add a venue to your check-in, and that's like I think it's what? I think that's that's a hint, so you know that's how you get level one, so you can level up by having different venues. Is my guess. Hmm. Plus, I bet if you have friends, <laughs> you will unlock other badges because also hint. Yeah, I I think that. Uh, and Untapped seems to be moving in a generally like venue-driven direction anyway. They are. So that, uh, that's probably part of that. And as Hot Beverage says, dank memes, these are dank beers for dank memes. <laughs> well, um, we do have one that's less dank, so there's that. Don't um, you undank this. <laughs> uh, the next badge that we're going to talk about is from Founders, uh, one of our favorite what? places. Founders? <laughs> what, what could have possibly dropped from Founders recently? <laughs> That may have a badge. So, uh, refresh yourself with a PC Pills. Not what I was thinking of. Yeah, no. Um, Pleasantly crisp, (laughs) perfectly clean, and profoundly crushable PC Pills is Founder's take on the classic Pilsner style. It is kind of that season. So, Uh, Brewed with piney Chinook, Citrus Cascade, and Punchy Centennial hops, this brew is an easy drinker with floral hop characteristics. Refresh yourself with a PC Pills and you'll unlock a brand new badge. So you just check into one during the month of April. The whole month of April. Uh, and you get the Founders PC Pills 2018 badge. Simple as that. Refresh yourself 2018. <laughs> wow. Founders PC Sorry, it's all I can think of when I heard refresh yourself. <laughs> ah. All right, uh, I still have to get a PC Pills to get that. I'm currently drinking a Sumatra Mountain, so PC Pills will have to wait. But in the meantime, from Untapped, we have something else to talk about. What happened April 2nd? Hmm. Could it have been the championship match for Brewery Madness? <laughs> Madness! Madness! So if anyone's been following this, it has been fun to watch this. So they do a bracket-style uh, brewery competition. And we came down to... Uh, <laughs> this was great. The championship matches between Stone Brewing and Founders Brewing. And it was a nail-biter. So if you're going to go down and look at it, Founders Brewing won by <laughs> a nose... So Stone like, Stone came in at with this is check ins during uh, the specified time period which they gave on each thing. So you had your uh, quarterfinals, your semifinals, uh, your semifinals. Final saw Stone going against Firestone Walker. Boom! Big match up there, and Founders going against Sierra Nevada. Oh, 
And we saw for, for Founders what happened during this time. You had KBS release, which you could see definitely in their numbers for March 31st in the semifinals against Sierra Nevada. Massive numbers. They put up 16,801 check-ins on untapped versus Sierra Nevada's 8,939. Hmm. They doubled it. <laughs> like, they more than doubled Sierra Nevada's. And we want to go down to Stones. They were against Boston Beer. And it was an it was more it was like almost a triple over uh, stomping of Boston beer. So uh, Boston beer came in at three thousand seven hundred and sixty eight, and this is for the period of March twenty fourth to the twenty fifth. Stone got eight thousand one hundred and thirty one check ins. Stone blew them out of the water. Wow! So your championship match, Stone and Founders Brewing, a nail biter. Founders, if you were looking at like a drop off, massive. Like, huge. They dropped by, oh, over 11,000 check-ins? Yeah. Crazy number drop. It is insane. But they still managed to win. Stone came in second place with 3,142 check-ins. Founders beat them at 3,970 check-ins. I think we saw this exact same thing play out last year. I can't. We need to go back and we need to start saving this to the doc. Yeah. But I'm, this is Stone won uh, last year. It came down to Founders and Guinness last year. It may have been a dates thing because that always plays out here. As we see Guinness have this massive surge because of St. Patrick's Day, and then uh, KBS is also right about the same time. So they just kind of mashed them both up to the finish line. And then Guinness just sees this massive plunge because nobody drinks it after St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> I wonder and what the drop off from Founders was from, like that. Everyone got their KBS, tried some, and everyone saves it. Hmm. Like I tried one fresh, and then I saved the rest of my oh seven bottles and a bomber. And I'm like, yeah, we're gonna hold those to later because it's a little sweet and a little too chocolatey right now. Pe- let, let people that- do what I. People do what I used to do, which is pile it on their bed and then lie down on it like it's a dragon hoarding his gold and fall asleep. I would do that, but Furry Viking has all of my vintage uh, KBS, (laughs) and he does that, I have a feeling. He piles it on his bed, lays on it (laughs) as though it's his own, and is like, this is mine. It's funny, though, yeah, these are the number one ranked ones from their section, and all I can think of is like, it's like UCLA versus... (laughs) kentucky or duke depending on the year hmm. kentucky what are you what are you saying are you trying to say duke superior are you trying no, to get I'm, shot i'm saying i'm saying they are sometimes ranked number one that does not make them not war criminals you will get assassinated with talk like that you are currently in lexington you will be assassinated careful with I what mean, you say we didn't even make it I'm to like just the saying, final eight i know i'm just <laughs> saying duke are war criminals but they typically get ranked pretty high so just so you know, there's a winner in Brewery Madness. Founders won. They yep. they beat Stone last year. I'm like 99% sure Stone won this one out. Founders pulled, snatched it. Not from defeat, but I guess from themselves. I don't, I don't know. From defeats. From mafeats. I, I, untapped news. What, what, what could be happening with Untapped this week? Does, does, 
anything anyone knows anything with untapped maybe so maybe a seven cities update uh yeah i don't know who's supposed to say this <laughs> whatever okay um, so so we're we're gonna be on we will be so, making an appearance on cincy brewcast yes uh, that is who is going to be hosting this we are going to be a part of an interview with untapped co-founder greg avola I'm guessing that's how you say it. And so, it's it's for I mean because... you'll know you'll know in a couple weeks. You know, a week? No, no, yeah. this week, this Thursday, as a matter of fact. Um. So yeah. So we've mentioned a few in the past few episodes or whatever, um, about the seven city tour for Untapped and what they were doing. So Cincinnati finished at number six. So we are in the list officially, and um, apparently it was all coming very soon because literally like this coming week. Thursday, April 12th, um, 5 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be on Zinzi Brewcast. It's going to be at uh, the the big venue that was picked. Um, I guess that was the most check-in venue. The most checked-in uh, Is Mad Tree Brewing uh, in okay. Cincinnati. And, it's uh, fair because it's, it's big enough to accommodate. Oh, that. yeah, yeah. Um, so we're going to be there for that. Uh, I think there's going to be a few of us there for that. At least a couple of us. It will be me and you for sure. And obviously Unless, Gnome for Cincy Brewcast. So yeah, uh, Cincy Brewcast is going to be putting this whole thing together. And we are also going to have Craft Beer Joe uh, running a Cincinnati-centric uh, uh, beer blog. So all, what is that, four of us will be sitting down mm-hmm. with Greg. And uh, we're assuming someone from Mad Tree. Yeah, potentially Mad Tree people. I think they were still waiting on details about that. Yeah, uh, the details are still a little fuzzy, but that will be uh, starting. I'm, there will be definitely a live stream of that going on, and you will probably be able to find the recorded version on the Cincy Brewcast uh, podcast. Yeah, we're going to attempt to do a Twitch stream and or a Facebook Live kind of thing. But so in we're gonna case, see how it goes. for audio purposes, uh, you will probably be able to find the best version of that if you follow Cincy Brewcast on all social media. I don't know where it'll be. He might put it up on uh, Instagram. He's in a few there. He usually does it on Facebook. He definitely does Facebook Live, yeah. Go ahead and follow uh, Cincy Brewcast on all those, and you'll be able to catch that this Thursday, uh, April 12th at 5 p.m. when we all go live with co-founder of Untapped, which is pretty crazy and we're just hoping we don't screw it up and get banned permanently from Untapped. Yeah. So so there's that, <laughs> because I went ahead and took the next day off work because I'm getting hammered. <laughs> well, uh, we would also like to take this time to thank our amazing uh, patrons at patreon.com slash have a drink show for supporting this podcast. Uh, we'd also like to thank audible audible is offering a free audiobook download, uh, in a three for a 30 day free trial. Uh, if you get, uh, to give you an opportunity to check out their service, uh, Today, we have a topic uh, that's pretty close to the topic of the show because it was research. <laughs> Literally <laughs> part of the show, it turns managed out. managed to work that one in quite well. Yeah. Uh, the book is The Whiskey Rebellion. The this. Whiskey Rebellion, the... Oh, there it went. The Whiskey Rebellion, <laughs> the history of early America's uh, uh, most famous popular uprising by Charles Rivers uh, Editors. It's a weird last name. That might be wrong. Um, hmm. But it is now. a it's a fairly short audio book, but it's pretty interesting. It keeps uh, it 
it goes through the 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 whole whiskey rebellion how it happened uh what led up to it uh i mean we can do a show on it but if you want more details more nitty-gritty than than we're usually able to give in the confines of our show uh i recommend checking out that book uh, to download your free audiobook trial, you can go to audibletrial.com slash have a drink. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash have a drink. All one word. Uh, you can get your free audiobook. All right. And now that we've alluded to it. Uh, this is not audible. <laughs> uh, I believe we do have a topic to get into. Been up that truck. Seeking for Been up that truck. Been up that truck. Speak for yourself, peasants. Man, having watched beer, a beer fest recently, that whole audio clip feels like it's more from our show now because I hear it so often from here. Yeah, uh, yeah, we watched it the other day because I was just I saw it finally on Netflix. I was like, no, we're watching it. Uh, so rebellions have usually have many causes, and it's difficult to nail down all the contributing factors that cause people to rise up in violent protest. Uh, considering the sort of show we do, we are focusing on a couple of these rebellions because the prover uh, proverbial straw that broke the camel's back was related to alcohol. P specifically, we are talking about the Whiskey Rebellion in, Ameri uh, Whiskey Rebellion in America and the Rum Rebellion in Australia. Uh, but they were about more than just their respective spirits. Uh, they are also uh, served to help highlight how important these spirits were to the people who were rebelling. So a little bit. Let's start talking about the whiskey rebellion first, because it's the one we're more familiar with uh, as Americans. Uh, anyone listening overseas or from Australia, I'm sorry, there was not <laughs> a lot of research for me. <laughs> In the whiskey rebellion, uh, after the American uh, Revolution, there was a question of what sort of government there was supposed to be. There was a first attempt uh, under the Articles of Confederation, uh, which was generally seen as a failure by a large number of people. Uh, there was next to no federal government, uh, and each state's government acted as their own independent nations uh, uh, more than they did as states as part of a union. The main government couldn't really field an army. It couldn't enforce any of the laws they passed, and their money was basically worthless. Uh, the Articles were not meant to have much central authority uh, as they had just finished a revolution uh, against perceived tyranny. Uh, however, such glaring problems did need to be fixed, so delegates from 12 of the 13 states, excluding Rhode Island, uh, decided to band together to try again. Uh, and this is generally how the Constitution got written. Uh, it was eventually ratified in 17, uh, 1789, and the modern U.S. Uh, owes everything to men's like, men like James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, and George Washington for what they did there. Uh, but it led to what may be perceived as new tyranny to replace the old. But what was stuck up Rhode Island's bum? <laughs> just didn't want to come. They didn't want to try to fix the thing. Nothing wrong with the articles. We're going. We're doing just great. So there were a great many problems that lay ahead for the new country, uh, with its first president trying to navigate a difficult and uncharted path. Uh, there is still the issue of money and how to make it worth anything, unlike the previous Continentals, uh, which was practically worthless and no one used. Uh <laughs> Alexander Hamilton suggested Congress and eventually convinced them to consolidate the state's debts uh, with the federal debts so they could begin to pay it off and build credit. So that the song uh, just builds in everyone's mind, right? Like you hear Alexander <laughs> Hamilton, and it's just like echoing in everyone's mind, right? Yeah. Look, this whole episode was brought to you by, Ale by the uh, Hamilton soundtrack. <laughs> Alexander Hamilton. 
No, the best two lines in that whole whole musical are Hercules Mulligan. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, um, the idea to build credit was a good idea, but they needed to start making payments to actually build the credit. And uh, there was still a question of where to get the money. Where to get the money? <laughs> That's from income tax. <laughs> Why was there a whiskey tax? Uh, at this time, there was no income tax. That wouldn't come until the 16th Amendment in 1913. So the government tried to think of an item to tax with an excess tax to make some revenue. Let's make this abundantly clear. The new federal government was imposing a tax on a country that had a revolution sparked off from taxes on tea. It was an excess tax. which Excise. Excise. uh, Often combined with... uh, Combined in the price of an item, like how it is for gasoline or cigarettes now. However, they decided to place it on something a little more important, uh, whiskey. Taxing whiskey uh, made sense, though. It was a high-demand item that could be made by large distillers or small farmers. It was also a luxury it wasn't seen as necessary to live in the same way uh, grain or corn might be. It also could help in the minds of some supporters act as a sin tax on a product that led to admittedly questionable choices from the consumer. Alexander Hamilton took all of these into consideration when he decided that it should be whiskey to be taxed, it seemed like the least objectionable item to tax to get the most revenue for the new government. So may have been may have been a miscalculation. Little did he know. <laughs> okay, it was it was but wasn't a miscalculation. It is if you were wanting to get some more money going for the government, good good right. item. Everyone getting in on it, maybe shot a little high. Hmm. Right. You, you shot the moon. You should have come in, not 180. Don't go one. You, you never shoot the moon. <laughs> so, uh, however, there was an issue. There were issues that made this tax particularly upsetting for some of the country. Whiskey was a good source of money for the smaller farmer, especially those west of the Appalachians. This was before <laughs> it was an e- before it was as easy as loading up a truck and driving it down the interstate. It was difficult and sometimes dangerous to travel long distances. And bushels of corn and grain are not the easiest thing to transport for the coast. Or for the cost. Coast. God. Uh, whiskey, however, had a much higher profit margin. Small farmers could ferment what they couldn't normally ship and then send that along and sell it. Whiskey was so important in these regions that it was used in place of currency in some areas. I mean, if, you're, if your standard currency is absolutely worthless, why not pay them in booze? <laughs> I was getting ready to say, one of these areas may be where we're from. <laughs> as a result, the tax was not looked on as favorably as Hamilton might have guessed. There was also the issue on how the tax was collected. The tax on the producer's side had to be paid either per gallon or paid in one flat fee. If you were a large distiller, you could do this fairly easily, which was nice because it was, on average, $0.06 per gallon. 
However, smaller farmers couldn't pay a large lump sum and had to pay roughly nine cents per gallon. In addition, whiskey cost more in the East, so it wasn't as large a part as the profit margin. In the West, it ended up being a double hit on the bottom line of poorer farmers. Inequality didn't go unnoticed, and many claimed that Hamilton supported the big distilleries of the East over the common farmer. There was also the issue of being forced to register your still or pay a sizable fine in federal, not local, court. Many claim that this was not what they had fought a war for just a few years prior and were becoming more and more violent in their dissatisfaction. So you, you, you're seeing a little, little turmoil. Can, can, you, can you feel yeah. those feels? You, you kind of see where they're coming from here. Yeah. The f- the federal courts by the way weren't co- weren't close and there weren't many of them. There's like New York, Philadelphia and that's there's like maybe a few others, but generally there were not that many. Well, you say that's that's pretty much it. Uh you could say Virginia maybe. Mm, maybe probably. maybe less than a handful. Yeah. Um let's get into that rebellion part of it. <laughs> so adjustments were made to the tax, reducing it by 1 cent. But many were still dissatisfied. States throughout the Appalachians were against the tax, often refusing to pay it. Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia were all vocal in their opposition. And no one even bothered collecting the tax from the new state of Kentucky. (laughs) I mean, Uh, Pennsylvania, however, was the most passionate in their opposition. So, not to completely cut you off, but I gotta say, uh, I pity the fool. Who would have come to Kentucky trying to collect that tax? <laughs> Considering what was it like 2014 that a census worker was lynched for going door to door in Kentucky? Mm. I mean, let's think about someone trying to collect tax back in that day over whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> trying we're, to tell someone from Kentucky what they could and could not distill. We're not a hospitable bunch down here, especially when you bring whiskey in. We yeah. are, until you try to take money or liquor from us. Until you try to tell us Jim Beam's bourbon, and then... <laughs> Jack Daniels. Some stuff's... Yeah, Jack Daniels. So and then, and then some stuff's going down. Alright, um, so Pennsylvania was the most passionate, though, in their opposition of this. Uh, one of the earlier signs of this displeasure was when tax collector Robert Johnson was tarred and feathered. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm just picturing this, and I'm just like, okay, that was a thing. It, it it's not uh, the the TV sh- the, when they did the show uh, John Adams. Uh, they're like, oh, look at how the tar and feathering was. It wasn't the same heat of tar, so they weren't like burning them quite that badly. But it was, yeah, it was not pleasant. Oh, I'm sure. It is an odd thing to like picture, I guess. Mm-hmm. If if you're yeah, and, not thinking about the well, heat the- of the tar. <laughs> And then you have to clean up with like lye soap and hmm. whatever water is lying around. And it's. Yeah. But so uh, people kept trying to enforce the tax, but anger was boiling over among many of the citizens and people who compi- who complied were not safe from this rage. Barns of those complaint. Um, compliant. So they're supposed to be compliant. Apparently. Ah. Autocorrect. Was compliant on. with the new tax were burned down, and public letters were published in the paper from Tom the Tinkerer. 
He pushed for violent displays to show the displeasure with the tax, even possibly forming a country of their own and try revolution again. (laughs) Unfortunately, the difference between rebellion and revolution is how successful the act is, and it isn't called the Whiskey Revolution. (laughs) Um, So by 1794, a large collection of people were to be summoned to federal courts to stand trial for refusing to pay the tax. The summons were altered to allow them to be tried in local courts so they wouldn't have to travel for miles. Unfortunately, by the time they had altered it, many of the writs were already being distributed. Uh, Incensed at being summoned all the way to Philadelphia, the simmering rage boiled over. People took to the streets, um, armed for a fight, and took the fight to the house of General George Neville, who was attempting to enforce the tax. The rebels called for Neville to surrender to them, and he shot one. And he shot one of them and armed his slaves to protect him, himself. The rebels. That's, re- that's kind of messed up for that period of time, by the yeah. way. A little bit. Uh, like one, one murder, two. You know, the amount of fear that goes in after this period about armed slave rebellions. He's like, here. That's pretty keep me safe. Pretty risky on his part. So yeah. I, yeah. Um, the rebels returned the next day with a revolutionary war hero, Major James McFarlane, leading them. They attempted negotiations with, uh, with ended, that ended with gunshots. Ended with mass voices. No one could deal with all the voices. The man, McFarlane. Nope. Uh, Should I go and spawn? He was just, he was sitting at the front lines, just drawing all these demons and no, no, McFarlane. No. Okay. Just, just. I never liked. I never liked Spawn that much. Mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so this uh, this attempt was uh, called the Battle of Is it Bower or Bower Hill? I think Bower. Bower Hill. Bower. We're gonna go with Bower. Okay. Uh, McFarlane, McFarlane was fatally shot in this conflict, and his death was used as a rallying cry to draw people in the countryside to their side. The war seemed to be underway, and the rebels gathered together and decided that this has been had been too much. Uh, they couldn't part. They couldn't be part of a country that threatened them this way, and agreed to declare their independence from the federal government. Some wanted to march on Pittsburgh, and others wandered or wondered if this revolt would end up like the Reign of Terror during the French Revolution. In case so, you're wondering, that's the period where uh, Robespierre took over and just started uh, guillot. The, you know, the guillotines got rusty from blood. To be said, uh, mm-hmm. some scientific advancements were made during this period. Uh, thusly, we discovered that uh, the human brain survives for, what is it, up to three minutes after beheading? Something like that. less than that. But No, they were able to get um, precise They responses. could say the names and, like, the eyes would open and... Yeah, yeah they could get... They could enact responses from the severed head for up to over a minute after beheading. Yeah, that, that was that's kind of creepy, actually. <laughs> um, so, uh, the government had to address this problem, obviously, uh, as a portion of the country was trying to abandon them. Washington himself asked his, ha- his cabinet for their opinions, and all except for Edmund Randolph recommended an armed response. Washington Edmund be- Randolph was his Ed- Edmund Randolph was his Secretary of War. Oh, that's odd. Okay, <laughs> it's a little funnier about that, but yeah. yeah. Uh, Washington began to try and raise an army to address this, and while he was preparing, uh, he drafted a letter for publication calling for local militias to oppose these rebels. He wrote, 
a small proportion of the United States shall not dictate um, to the whole union and at the expense of those who desire peace, indulge a desperate ambition. I do moreover exhort all individuals, officers, and bodies of men to contemplate with abhorrence the measures leading directly or indirectly to those crimes, which produce this resort to military coercion, to check in their respective spheres the efforts of misguided or des uh, designing men to substitute their misinterpretation, I'm sorry, misrepresentation in the place of truth and their disconnects. Wow. Discontents in the place of stable government. Fixing By the way, editing. designing men, it was not as popular a show. <laughs> you know, that's immediately what I thought of. God. Okay. Um, well, let, let's, let's play off that. What would that show have been? Uh, no, I don't know enough about designing women. I just know the title on like a scant couple episodes. Designing men is just... <laughs> and furry, is just and furry Viking. And the libertarian movement was born. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much. Uh, isn't what? Designing Men just the new queer? It would have just been Mad Men. Mm. <laughs> I feel like it would have just been Mad Men. Um, okay. <laughs> so, uh, Washington left the Capitol to lead his men. The first and only time a sitting president personally led troops in the field. Uh, upon seeing the state of the federalized militia and the rebels, Washington left Henry uh, Light Horse Harry Lee to lead the men into conflict to end this and left Alexander Hamilton as an advisor. Upon seeing any idea who, any idea who uh, Henry Lighthorse Harry Lee might be related to? Hmm. Who else? Who else in American history know what the what the name Lee? Who? Who? It's Robert E. Lee's father. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Well, all right. Then. <laughs> well, all right then. Yes. Wow. Okay. That, You're a lot of history. In a this, lot guys. closer than I was thinking. I thought it was going to be like a twice removed cousin or something. But <laughs> oh ooh. no, like daddy. It was his. Yeah, and uh, Lee Lee loved his ties to uh, to Washington. That's a whole other thing. We can talk Civil War history some other time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> upon seeing what they were up against, many of the rebellion's leaders fled and were at large for six months before they were arrested. The people they could uh, immediately arrest were paraded down the street, beaten, half-starving, and humiliated. The rebellion ended almost as quickly as it started. In the end, the tax was enacted, but never enforced as much as Hamilton had hoped. The federal government had proved that it could enforce its laws and not allow the country to fracture into destruction, at least for the next 70 years or so. Uh, the law itself was repealed by Jefferson and the Democratic-Republicans in 1802. Whiskey taxes would be put back on the books as the years would go on, including more profitable taxes, but full-armed rebellions wouldn't be the threat to the nation until the Civil War. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Whiskey Rebellion's really kind of a big deal. Like, it's, it's, it's one of the first big domestic tests, I guess, of, uh, of the Constitution. And it's, it's fairly important, but it always ends up just being just this kind of footnote. Um, well, it's like the the themes are um, Americans have never been, uh, I don't know, compliant or complacent <laughs> either way with taxes as a whole. Um, not not huge fans, and then um, you don't screw with uh, people's whiskey. That's <laughs> so. yeah. Uh, it's I mean, it was it was a pretty big deal, and it it was perceived 
the the tax itself was perceived as being very favorable to East Coast businesses that Hamilton would have been wanting to support. Hmm. Hamilton would have argued against that, but you know it kind of was. Yeah, but, uh, but let's be serious. But he also <laughs> couldn't enforce it in Kentucky, who just who everyone's like, nah, whatever. Mountains between us. You'll never catch us. <laughs> Gonna do what we want. F you. Uh, but I still I find it a really interesting point uh, point in our history because it's not looked at not a lot, but it's one of those big tests that that Washington had to go under. Hmm. Uh, so still, it's it's one of one of those things that I actually really enjoyed doing some research on. Uh, I will say the Rub Rebellion is a bit harder to do some research on, although it had some I had some knowledge of the characters involved without uh without realizing it. Huh. I was going to say. Speaking of which... Uh... Speaking of, yeah. It's almost like I was trying to set that up. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about the Rubma Billion. Uh, so a little bit of background on Australia uh, around this time. Uh, it was discovered by the Dutch uh, and eventually became a British colony after James Cook claimed the eastern part for England in 1770. Uh, afterwards, a colony was founded in Botany Bay, New Botany South Wales. Botany Bay? It's now called Wales. Sydney. <laughs> Botany uh, Bay? Botany Bay. Yes, that's where they they not only found Aborigines, but they found Khan Noonien Singh. <laughs> uh, okay, I, I feel better. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, the colony would be ran uh, by the military for its early history uh, as a colony. Oh, pardon. Uh, as a colony, including the period we're talking about right now. Uh, in 1805. Uh, a new governor was put in control of Australia. William Bly. Does that name sound familiar to anyone? Roughly. Any ideas? No. Chris? I'm drawing a blank. Okay. Well, does the HMS Bounty sound familiar? Yes! Mr. Christian? Oh! Yeah, uh... He, if the name does sound familiar, you know him from the mutiny of the HMS Bounty, a British ship that had sailed to Tahiti, uh, and then when sailing back, the crew revolted against him in an attempt to sail back to the islands for various reasons. Um, they set Bly adrift, who eventually made his way to a Dutch colony and reported the incident, and eventually the ship was discovered, wrecked, and found what survivors they could spread throughout the region. Uh, despite the incident, Bly found his career still going forward uh and ended up in australia wow like you do <laughs> so upon being assigned this post bly went on to make friends in his traditional style with his arrival in sydney uh under escort of the ship the porpoise porpoise, are, are, porpoise? We gonna say, are we gonna say porpoise or are we mispronouncing purpose that's porpoise Corpus, uh, captained by John Short, he immediately began to fight with him. Eventually, Short fired a shot over the bow of Bly's ship, and Bly had him stripped of his command and boarded his ship. Bly had the testimonies of Short's own officers, but Short tried to file charges against Bly during Short's own hearings. Bly's wife, who remained in England used her connections to ensure Bly wasn't recalled from Australia. Not the best sign of things to come. Mm-hmm. So when your, no. own, when your own wife is like, I don't want you to come home, you're staying there. 
Yeah, the Bly was not good at making friends. Like when you have multiple instances like this where people under him kind of get mad, maybe you should look at the guy, not not what happened. This but... sounds like a movie. It, it sounds like the uh, if if you run into an asshole every day, or oh, the... if you run into one asshole every day, maybe he's the asshole. If you run into nothing but assholes every day, maybe you're the asshole. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Bly found the most prominent people who he was dealing with upon his meeting were Major George Johnston and John MacArthur. Uh, John Johnston had issues with Bly uh, with meddling with his troop deployments. Uh, MacArthur had issue with Bly for a number of reasons. To start with, Bly was stopping MacArthur from selling cheap rum to the troops as well as uh, setting up, setting stills up for them, which Bly was empowered to and did ban the imp- importation. importation and, and sale. sale of. So Bly did some things that people approved of, like when he took steps to help the farmers of the area by selling uh, mutton and more affordable at more affordable prices. Uh, with a, with MacArthur's sheep stocks uh, had kept prices higher, so as MacArthur someone, had a large stock of of sheep's and shepherds. He's like, no, these mine. Screw it, you guys. He just kind of <laughs> tapped into it without approval. Yeah. So as he won favor with the farmers, he further alienated MacArthur to near the breaking point. In fact, after an incident involving an escaped convict on one of the ships, Bly requested him to appear in court. When he refused, he had him arrested. The judge uh, advocate could not be present, and the court was dissolved, leaving MacArthur free and a danger to Bly. I do want to point out, part of the reason this is all happening is because Bly was empowered to to stop the sale of spirits in general (laughs) in in Australia. And he's, like, overseeing it. And so MacArthur was like, hey, your troops like their rum ration. Stop it. <laughs> uh, now, there were other problems, too. I'm not saying Bly was not was not innocent in this. I'm also not saying that the other people weren't right. terrible human beings, too. Yeah. There's never just the one side, kids. <laughs> Bly ordered MacArthur arrested again, but Major Johnston had a different idea. He instead got MacArthur, who got a petition together from the military and some of the more prominent members in the colony, asking for Bly to be removed from office and arrested. Bly they didn't was... necessarily wait till it got to England before they did that. <laughs> <laughs> Thus leading to the, uh, the, the incidents. Uh, Bly was placed under house arrest in the state house as he refused to leave for England until he was lawfully removed from office. Briefly, these men had control of the colony until the newly appointed Lieutenant Governor, uh, Joseph Favreau, arrived arrived and took control. He did. uh, He kept Bly under house arrest, and he believed that Bly had been behaving uh, imposably. Bly was eventually... Impossibly. Impossibly. Uh, Bly was eventually told to take the uh, porpoise and mm-hmm. sail back to England. He left for Tasmania instead and attempted for some months to con- uh, conceive 
Convince. Convince. God, maybe I am a little How much wasted. have you been drinking? I don't know. Ask Furry Viking. <laughs> Tried to convince the governor. Tried to convince uh, the to governor. To take control uh, back. Yeah. Uh, the, to take control back, England eventually sent word for him to return so that he could be placed in control for 24 hours and be officially relieved of duty. Johnson uh, was to be court-martialed and MacArthur placed on trial in Sydney. Things coming to a not-so-great end for everyone. Yeah, He didn't actually uh, go to court. He did, however, basically live in exile because he refused to admit he had any fault in this. Mm. (laughs) So he's just like, hey, hey, not... I did not my bad. <laughs> I did nothing wrong. Even e- even though I did, actually. Even though we totally did. Uh, <laughs> so what do these rebellions tell us? That people take their alcohol seriously <laughs> and will revolt when it is threatened. Hmm. There were, however, many other circumstances that led to these events. Uh, when Prohibition took hold in America, the country wasn't in active rebellion. They would ignore the law, but they did attempt to overthrow the government. They didn't attempt. Oh, didn't. didn't. I mean, that depends on your city. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, Cincinnati had a different state on that. but As, as a whole, I guess they didn't attempt, but yeah. Uh, then perhaps that <laughs> interfering with people's drinks will have unexpected repercussions and should not be done easily. So, yeah, uh, maybe maybe measure the waters before you, you dip in with that kind of thing. On your taxes and, and, and whiskey. Taxes and liquor. Just, you don't, just stop it. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're in Cincinnati, go down to Arnold's and, and feel it out for uh, for a prohibition. See, see, how it, <laughs> see how it goes. See what they think. Hmm. All right, well, that was actually a very informative episode. I learned a lot. No, I've liked that. Uh, we've been kicking History that idea. Focused. Yeah, we've been kicking that idea around for a while because... A long time. We've just been, af- <laughs> we've been afraid to do it. And we appreciate Bob writing this whole freaking thing. <laughs> Justin, a Justin Fraser joint. Uh, it's fine. I I apologize for any typos that made Chris's job harder. I apologize. Some of this got some of this got read at the last wrote at the last minute. Furry Viking apologizes for my inebriated state. <laughs> you just didn't have enough of the amazing jambalaya we made. That's all. There you go. Uh, yeah. No. The uh, both these are actually really interesting. The Brittany, when you said it, this sounds like a movie. Uh, the the uh, uh, rebellion, the mutiny on the the bounty is a movie. I think yeah, Anthony Hopkins is in it. Oh. That is a movie. See, I don't know these things. <laughs> that's uh, It's got Anthony Hopkins, right? Is that That's who played Bly in one of them, right? Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, uh, but it's... I, 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 all I, I can think up. of is like, this man is the most revolted against uh, person in the British Navy. It's it's hilarious. Uh, uh, I think it also is a play, yes. No, uh, just... it's a 1962 movie. Marlon Brando. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, this is why I hadn't heard of it, so, as, as so being a movie. you had uh, Trevor Howard played uh, Bly. See, uh, you also may have heard, at the very least, uh, him shouting, him saying Mr. Christian from all the, uh, yes. the like, Looney Tunes cartoons back it, in the day. Because, from... yeah, you would have, if they're on a boat, someone would be uh, standing going, Mr. Christian. Yes, that is oh, where yeah. that quote comes from. Also, uh, side note that the audiobook, um, mm-hmm. Charles River Editors, is the publishing company. 
okay, see, it said buy that. And I was like, well, that doesn't sound so right. So, like, now it just sounds like a law firm. Like, just <laughs> put all these names yeah. together and just, yeah. I had to look it up because I was like, that is a weird name. I, I think <laughs> Russell Crowe did, uh, uh, is it Master and Commander? What's the name of the oh, thing? Yeah, I think yeah. Commander. I think that is it. Uh, but it, I don't think, I don't think that had a, was about this, but I'm not sure. I actually haven't seen that movie despite desire to. Hmm. So yeah, you can check out uh, that classic black and white film with uh, Brando as... Also Richard star. Harris, it says, is in it, which is interesting. But yeah, uh, the, these were these are pretty big revolts, so it's pretty neat to you know, get a chance to learn a little bit about them. The Roman Billion I learned probably the most during, during research on, but... That is the least known one, I've got to yeah. say. So when we start talking about this, it's like... Well, the Whiskey Rebellion, I know a little about. Rumba Rebellion was like Australia, Nothing. and that's pretty much there was the a, extent. There was a thing when I was doing research on it where someone said, it's a shame that we don't know more about this because it wasn't sort of cited enough. It wasn't like researched enough at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, There was a little bit of left out of there where um, they eventually found uh, then-Captain, I guess, Governor Bly, uh, despite him trying to hide behind his uh, his daughter's parasol, and then when he got to, the, they found him in the the government house, uh, the state house or whatever it was called. Uh, he was behind a bed, allegedly trying to hide oh. his uh, his papers, and they claimed he he drug him out. Wow! <laughs> oh, so he did not go honorably. No. That's that's the impression that they tried to give to him in Australia. He did retire an admiral, but he never had another command really after this. Hmm. I would think not. Oy. Okay. Oh. So, uh, um, what's what's this I see on here? Uh, do do we have uh, yeah have some feedback? We got one. <laughs> Love hearing that. So rarely get to hear it. <laughs> um, this is from our wonderful Brian from Denver. <laughs> Brando. Uh, says, hi gang, I really enjoyed the recent show on Port. It has been a favorite of mine for quite a while, so it was cool to hear some of the history and info about the drink. Also, kudos to Casey for drinking to style, and for having Sandemans, uh, which I currently enjoy most of the producers I've tried recently. So Technically, technically, I also drunk, drunk to style, because I had whatever Casey had. For like the... the five minutes 30, that you were on. the 30 seconds i was on yeah. yeah most most of you had it uh i did not because i was here running things by I didn't myself get to try it. by myself i was proud and you did a very good job well yeah yeah i ran a good pre and post show you can find it over at twitch <laughs> yeah i'm glad uh like honestly i was like man i don't know anything about port i would have liked to have been able to be on the show that time uh, I'm glad I'm glad Brian liked it too because I was like, mm. when I finally had it, that stuff was delicious. Yeah, I, it's crazy. So we talked Basically about Utopia. Yeah, like that's the thing. I I I didn't try any of it, but I did smell it, and it. I was like, well, this just smells like Utopias from Sam Adams. So <laughs> if that tells you anything, like if you want to just go get a bottle of the the Sandman's Port, which I believe we should have up in the show notes of what Casey actually drank, like the specifics about it. Um, if you want to know what Utopias tastes like, <laughs> guess what? <laughs> tastes like pork. Pretty, so, yeah. It's kind of crazy. All right. Well, uh, speaking of things we're drinking. Well, I mean, 
Brian, it's great to hear from you. Yes, we, thank we you so much that. for the feedback. Anyone, you want to you want to cuss us out? You want anything? <laughs> tell us we're wrong. Uh, tell me I'm pronouncing something wrong. Oh God! Uh, tell me the any entire of us. world is is with you in knowing I'm pronouncing everything. Wrong. All of us are. Where do, we should probably look it up. All a little I'm beforehand. doing <laughs> is getting so drunk I can't read. That's that's what happens on this show. <laughs> Next sounder. <sighs> Drink with me, friend. Well, I am not so drunk. Way ahead of you. Uh, at all. So, um, so earlier, Smoke asked in the chat, like, what kind of water is Brittany drinking this time? <laughs> Fair not enough. Wrong. Um, <laughs> no, I think my, my new mission at some point is to, like, start doing, like, virgin cocktails, essentially. I have been, there was a news story, uh, you know, BT dubs, tune into the news show, uh, that we covered on. Was it like the Tropicana that was coming out with the coconut water juice blends? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have been looking for that, and I, it's still not out yet, uh, at least not at our local Kroger. Um, but that, I really want to, like, mix in with some of the seltzer waters and make, like, a little, you know, tasty beverage. Um, but, yeah, I, I still haven't found it yet for some reason. Today, I'm just giving in to all the cravings in the world. This is why we don't buy sweets for the apartment, um, <laughs> because I've had, like, eight cookies and then I also had this, and I'm still, you know, fine. Uh, this is, I, I saw this at the store and was like, yep, I'm taking that. And it's fine. Uh, it's chocolate milk with bananas. What, what is it, though? Give us the title. Give us the name. The name is Sir Bananas. Sir Bananas! And the brand is Monkey Mates. Like, it's just gives you a cute little monkey on it. And um, It's got two monkeys having sex. It does not. Oh. Uh, no, Just it has saying, a picture. It says monkey mates. Uh, so fair monkey. No, it it has sir bananas. <laughs> um, he, he mated until he made sir bananas. <laughs> uh, but I I generally like um, bananas with chocolate. They, there's this uh, um, uh, in the ice cream area called Banana Babies, and it's frozen bananas dipped in chocolate, and they're freaking delicious. And it's dark chocolate. Um, so I love those. So I thought, well. Hell, I'll just try the liquid version, basically. And it's pretty tasty. It's a little weird uh, initially, because you're like, oh, that's okay. Uh, that's straight up banana there. Because, um, <laughs> like, banana puree is literally the second ingredient. <laughs> so it's it's on it. Uh, but it's tasty, and I liked it, and it's different. But, yeah, I'll probably go with, like, some weird, you know, seltzer water concoction uh after this and and juices and all that other business and all okay. that other business it does sound t- it does sound tasty yeah i uh, think i mean bananas and chocolate go pretty well together if if you like bananas now if you don't like bananas i would yeah probably not <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't go with this at all mm, bitch sorry mm, bananas yeah <laughs> mr so, bananas meets captain morgan <laughs> mahoy bananas oh that'd be bad with the milk though Ugh. Uh, so I had something that was, uh, smuggled down and then back up, I guess. Ah, uh, right. <laughs> I was like, uh, something was smuggled down from Ohio and then back up to your neck of the woods, <laughs> back up to Lexington after it was dropped off in Eastern Kentucky. But I have the, I drink your milkshake. I drink from, it up with the great uh, can art from Streetside Brewery. It's a, uh, blueberry milkshake IPA. Which I don't know if they know what IPAs look like because <laughs> that looks like Dude, a fruit tart. What what does that look like? Hold it up. Let let everyone look into this. Oh, Bass. bye, smoke. Sorry. <laughs> oh, see you, smoke. Uh, 
it is i mean i guess it's you know sure i guess we'll call it hazy i don't know but it's it's it really good pour like an ipa it does have a hoppy flavor that i wasn't expecting um i don't know what its ibus are because i couldn't find them on the can nor could i find them online hmm. uh but abv is around 5.7 percent uh beer advocate score 4.09 out of 5 wow uh, oh really yeah uh, that's that's pretty good because this is actually delicious so uh, i'm telling you blueberry man like blueberry is just the beer flavor that was not canned uh that was actually not packaged period until last month it mm. was available only if you went to street side brewery this is kind of why i wanted to get that as soon as i could because it's like mm, i'll say this for a show but a soon one yeah uh, because it like for stuff like this like, i have to drink these ipas and i have to drink them now now this is one of the first uh, episodes that you haven't done to style i mean i mean it's no not a style, style episode but like uh, you know you could have picked like whiskey or rum i guess <laughs> yeah i could have i well i have i have whiskey and a bottle of something that's in a maker's mark ah uh, not no, maker's, yeah, a yeah. bottle of something that's in a woodford thing that may or may I'm not, not talking be rum. about what that is yeah um does that does that mean i so i'm the only one who drank vaguely to style is that is that what's happened? I don't know. What have you drank? Oh, okay, kind of. Loosely. I always <laughs> like to skirt the edges of the rules. Oh, yeah. So uh, I started with a Founders Sumatra Brown, because that is one of my favorite beers, period. This is not to style. <laughs> no, that is not to style. But what I've been drinking that is vaguely to style is a 10W40 from High Wire Brewing out of Asheville, North Carolina. So this is an imperial stout brewed with coffee, chocolate, and vanilla aged in bourbon barrels. Mm. So whiskey. So that And that, there's the tie-in. That's, that's where we get the <laughs> vaguely to style is an 8% uh, bourbon barrel aged imperial stout. Beer advocate score of 4.15 out of 5. And there is no brewery description. Wish I could give one. Um, but my description... Definitely uh, an imperial stout. Coffee is extremely light on it. A massive vanilla punch. Holy crap, yeah, the vanilla is huge in that. And the bourbon barrel, extremely light. But gigantic vanilla imperial stout. I would recommend it if you can find it. It looks like an oil can. And it looks like (laughs) oil in your glass. Oh, and as a uh, Viking or furry Viking points out, where was that from again? A- Asheville, yes. Uh, <laughs> um, I did earn, as we've mentioned on the show, my uh, untapped badge for uh, North Carolina Beer Month. NC Beer <laughs> Month, yes. Uh, Aren't you just the Dickens? <laughs> I am, and we may have to pass those Dickens on down. Um, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, so. <laughs> I think it's time to wrap this up. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, so don't forget, you can visit uh, haveadrinkshow.com for some useful links about and info about us. You can also use look for Have a Drink Show on social media, Twitch, and YouTube. You know, pretty much the same thing across the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show is important if you're searching us. You will occasionally end up in uh, some other areas. Uh, and don't forget, you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address feedback at com, or you can also use the feedback page on the website. Uh, or 
Facebook, Twitter, uh, any of the social medias, anything, yeah. you know, shout real loud. <laughs> we, you know what? You can, you can mail me a, a can with a string tied to it and the string <laughs> is still attached to your end and then we'll just hold it tight. And then, uh, then you just shout loudly through that. I will eventually we'll hear it. That, that's what Brian did. And that's how we got the message. All right. Mm-hmm. All joking and fun aside, guys, I'd like to remind everyone, please drink responsibly. Don't drink and drive. Use Uber, Lyft, whatever your preference is. Or lock seat. yourself in your house. That, yeah, I like that. Okay. Uh, so check us out next Saturday for our next live episode. And remember to check out patreon.com slash have a drink show. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Fraser, And I'm Christopher Walker. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>